You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, let's fire it up. Let's get it going. It is a national championship game edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope your holidays went well. All of us probably still in a holiday haze of sorts with Christmas and New Year's Day on a Saturday. That's all right. That's okay. We've watched some great college football bowl games, the college football playoff semifinal games, and New Year's Day is always a lot of fun with the different matchups you have across the board. There's one game that remains in the FCS that we're all talking about right now coming up Saturday, January the 8th, an 11 a.m. Central Time kick at Toyota Stadium down in Frisco, Texas. National title on the line. It's North Dakota State and Montana State. And yes, we're all about that on this edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. Great guests on the program today. You're going to get the full Monty with this uh, matchup. You're going to hear from Montana State head coach Brent Vegan. You're going to hear from NDSU coordinators Tyler Roll and David Braun. A little bit of Matt Entz sprinkled in here as well. We've got you covered on the FCS Fever Podcast. It is a fascinating matchup. It is an interesting one for sure. It's unique because Montana State has not been in this game since 1984. And it's been a steady build for the Bobcats, started by Jeff Choate, who, as we know, left following the 2019 season and essentially in 2020, at the end of 2020 during the pandemic when uh, Texas brought Steve Sarkeesian in and Coach Choate joined his staff and left the Montana State football program. Enter Brent Vegan in his first year. And there's definitely an irony here, isn't there? With NDSU in Frisco, the Bison are here for the ninth time in the last 11 seasons. Yes, that is extremely impressive, right? It's extremely impressive and impactful across the board. But what's even more mind-boggling is the fact that NDSU is 8-for-8 in Frisco. That's right. 8-0 and in Frisco, Texas are the Bison, and they've won those games by an average margin of victory of 15 points per game. NDSU has won five of those games by double digits. They've had three of those contests by eight points or less in three national championship games. So, yeah, nine championship games in 11 years is something you just look at and go, wow. But the fact they've won all of them, they've won all eight, is even more of a head-scratcher. And it goes to show you the the culture, the dominance, the workmanlike effort put forth 
year in and year out by NDSU football. And Matt Entz has carried that on in his third season, a two-time Valley Coach of the Year and a three-time Region 4 AFCA Coach of the Year. Matt Entz continuing to deliver with that Bison dominance here at the FCS level. But I think if there's any irony in this, it's the fact that Montana State is in Frisco for the first time, playing in the first national championship since 1984 when they beat Louisiana Tech, by the way, by the final of 19-6. to But it's going to take an NDSU guy to beat NDSU in Frisco. Is is that the, the main storyline here? I think it certainly is. And while what they have done, the Bobcats of Montana State, anytime you get to a national championship game, it's very impressive. I think it's also of added value and importance and a, a massive talking point here when you discuss the fact that this is a North Dakota guy, a former NDSU football player, and a former NDSU assistant coach who was a part of the first three national championships in this run starting back in 2011 on Craig Bullstaff in 11, 12, and 13 as the first three national titles brought home from Frisco, Texas, Fargo South, and as it affectionately is known here uh, back home to, uh, to Fargo, North Dakota. That's the intriguing storyline here. There's no question about that. It's going to take an NDSU guy to best NDSU in Frisco. And I think that if it's anybody else, if it were Jeff Choate, John Gross at Jacksonville State, uh, you look at Brock Spack at Illinois State, just name the names, the coaches, Kurt Signetti, uh, you know, Aaron Best, uh, a lot of these guys who had not been to a national championship game in Frisco, Texas. Some of them got close. Some of them got run off the, uh, the field. Rob Ambrose at Towson. Maybe it's an NDSU guy that gives an opponent the best chance to best North Dakota State in a setting they know oh so well, in a place their fans flock to, they invade. I'm telling you, Frisco, Texas, in early January, the people down there recognize the green and yellow of North Dakota State University. They flock in. They invade. They take over the town for a two- to three-day period. The bars love it. The restaurants love it. The hotels love it. Yes, people in the Metroplex know when the FCS championship is uh, north of Dallas, downtown Dallas, by a half an hour because it's not cowboy colors you see all across the Metroplex. It's not TCU or Texas or Texas Tech or Baylor. It's the green and yellow of North Dakota State University that invades that area and takes it over for a 72-hour period. Let's compare the two teams now. Let's take a look at some of the similarities and some of the differences. And let's start with the two defenses. And I think North Dakota State's defense, historically great, only allowing 11.2 points per game. Same goes for Montana State. As the Bobcats, if you look at what their defense has accomplished here this season, they are in... From a historical perspective, one of the best, if not the best defense in the history of Montana State football overall, only allowing 13.4 points per game. They're giving up just 108.1 yards on the ground, less than 300 yards per game overall, and only allowing seven rushing touchdowns on the season. You look at NDSU, and you take a look at some of the great Bison teams of past lore. And 11 points per game is the lowest amount on average allowed in this FCS championship era run 
by North Dakota State University football, by Code Green, as it's dubbed here. That is the same number being allowed currently by the Bison right now. 11 points per game overall is the total allowed here this season by NDSU. Mentioned Montana State's only allowed seven rushing touchdowns this season. The Bison have only allowed six rushing touchdowns on the year. And over the last five games, NDSU on the ground is allowing just over 70 rushing yards per game and have not given up a rushing touchdown. That is right. And that's because he got depth along the defensive line. You've got great linebacker play led by Park River, North Dakota native Jackson Hankey, Jasir Cox, James Kayser, Cole Wisniewski have all been very good. And Michael Tutsi's an All-American safety that has played in a ton of big games and continues to make plays and is going to return for another season next fall. Loves putting on the green and yellow. Let's talk offenses now. And Montana State's is certainly not one I would call a work in progress, but is one that I would call a unique process. That is for sure because of the change made at quarterback to start in the postseason with Tommy Mallott. Touchdown, Tommy, from Butte, America, as his teammate and Dylan Montana native superstar Troy Anderson dubbed him after the win over Sam Houston. Tommy Mulata's captured the hearts and minds of all Bobcat fans and really of all of every football fan in the state of Montana right now with what he is doing. Matt McKay, the North Carolina State transfer, started every single game this season. And this offense sputtered. It really did, folks. If you go back to October 15th at Weber State and you carry it through the Montana loss on November the 20th, take a look at the total output in points, 13, 27, 23, 20, and 10. And the final touchdown at Montana wasn't scored until the final minute of the game. That game was over. It was a beatdown. It was 29-3 Grizz. Let the party start in Missoula in one of the great rivalries in all of FCS college football. But Brent Vegan noticed it. He realized it. They used the bye week to get Tommy Mallott going. Matt McKay wanted none of it. He moved on. He left the team. And the offense has taken off from that point in time. Had some issues to a certain degree against UT Martin. Mallott, a turnover that led to a touchdown. But at Sam Houston, jumping on the number one seed Bearcats early and often enrolling Sam Houston 42-19 to and then beating South Dakota State 31-17 where Mallott essentially did it all on the offensive side of the football. I do want to make mention the wide receivers here for Montana State. I think this gets lost in the wash quite a bit. If you go back and watch Montana State's last two playoff games at Sam Houston and versus South Dakota State, the wide receivers have made massive plays, huge plays. Any 50-50 ball thrown up by Malott has been brought down by Lance McCutcheon and by Nate Stewart. And Willie Patterson, a fifth-year senior from Tacoma, Washington, has 30 grabs and four touchdowns on the year. So I want to give the wide receivers a ton of credit for Montana State. Malott has trusted them. He's letting them go up and make plays, and they are rewarding him for it currently right now. That is a big matchup. A lot of people can talk about Malott, and rightly so, but a matchup to watch in this game on Saturday coming up 
It's the Montana State wide receivers against the NDSU corners. Jaden Price, Courtney Eubanks, Destin Talbert, who's got a, a heroic play of his own, going up high, reaching into the heavens, and pulling down a massive interception in the end zone with his right hand to help secure the win over James Madison, picking off Cole Johnson in that semifinal round game. That whole setup right there, the receivers of Montana State, the corners of North Dakota State, folks, I think is extremely fascinating. And certainly have to give Troy Anderson love here on the FCS Fever podcast. What a fascinating uh, athlete, person, football player overall. Uh, Troy Anderson, an elite two-way player who has been playing linebacker now exclusively for this season and, and towards the end of the 2019 year but asked to do everything during his time at Montana State. He's played quarterback, running back, fullback, tight end, who knows? I mean, punter, everything. I mean, he's, he's made the popcorn and handed it out at Bobcat Stadium. He's the first player in Big Sky history to be a first-team offense and first-team defense performer. He's a Buck Buchanan Award finalist, 33 career rushing touchdowns, second in Montana State history, just an All-American star, across the board he'll be playing in his final game he's headed to the senior bowl in mobile alabama and i'm really interested to see where troy anderson projects at the next level one point of interest in this game in this matchup anderson is an elite level athlete he can run you down the plays he makes are out along the perimeter i wouldn't be shocked if ndsu tries to challenge anderson and sends the Rams and the fullbacks, the crew chiefs, as they're called from North Dakota State. Maybe they'll challenge him and go right at him. A fun matchup in a physical game with two teams that like to own the line of scrimmage and two of the elite sets of uh, players, the NDSU offensive line taking on that uh, Montana State defensive front and Troy Anderson at linebacker. Callahan O'Reilly, no slouch either for Montana State is going to be fun to see. All right, let's get to some of our conversations. And Brent Vegan's the head coach at Montana State. Talked about the obvious storylines here across the board. Had a chance to catch up with him recently on our local radio show. Wanted to bring it back to you here on the FCS Fever podcast. The other voice you will hear in this conversation is my co-host Andy Rickoff. And here is our chat with Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan. Without further ado, let's go to the Ide Bailey hotline. Bring on the head man of the Montana State Bobcats. He is Brent Vegan, kind enough to give us some time here on the show. Coach, Merry Christmas. Hope you had happy holidays, and it's great to talk to you again. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, happy holidays, happy holidays as well. Yeah, no, we appreciate your time very much. And, hey, congratulations, obviously, on, on the success of your program in your first year. And, and uh, getting back to Frisco, a place certainly you know very well uh, in your coaching career, uh, without a doubt, uh, just give me a sense uh, the excitement level around your football team right now with what they've accomplished and also the focus of your guys now as they uh, they gear up for this championship game next Saturday afternoon. You know, our, our guys are, are extremely excited. Um, you know, they've been on the doorstep, so to speak, uh, losing in the semifinals back in 19, um, building kind of to, towards this goal and, you know, to to achieve it, to, to make the, the title game. Um, you know they're awfully excited, but at the same time, um, you know don't want to don't don't want to have it just be that. Uh, so our guys are are back and really focused, and uh, you know into our prep, and you know, just can't wait to get down to Texas. Yeah, I mean as as we've talked about, and and you know you you certainly have the 
the experience uh, with your time at NDSU, and, and I'm not going to ask you about all that because that was, you know, now at this point, it's eight years ago now when you were, were last year in Fargo. But um, from that and, and also with the, the plan you put in place, you know, how has that uh, experience been able, along with guys like Freddie Banks and others, you've been able to sort of illustrate what's going on and how you're going about your business and what it's going to be like as you guys prepare to deal with all the, the other stuff outside of the football field? Well, I think, I think the first thing is having been through a three-week break, and we didn't have a three-week break every year, but I think we did two of the three years I was part of it. You at least have a sense for what that, uh, what that needs to look like. Um, and then, you know, I, I think having a, a really good understanding of, of what kind of program North Dakota State is, I, I think, I think that helps as well, but, you know, I, I think our guys, uh, you know, understand that we're going to have to play really well. So to play really well, we have to prepare really, really well. And I think this time while we're here and there is no school, there's no classes, it's all about football. You know, I think you have a chance to really get them honed in, um, but understand, you know, uh, nine hours or whatever down the road, uh, that team's doing the same thing. And, you know, I think uh, there's certainly things that in, in taking our program to to and hoping to take it to a new level that, that I, you know, I look back at, at my time there, you know, preparing for, you know, a, hopefully a 15-game season, that's that's something you do all year round. That's not something all of a sudden come December, you, you flip a switch and all of a sudden you're ready to add more games. So, you know, I draw back on that experience. I know, um, you know, having Freddie who – you know, who went through uh, his time as a player kind of on the front end of all that. Um, you know, he's been a, a great asset this fall. Um, so, you know, like I said, we just have to get our guys prepared to play their very best, and I'm certain that uh, Coach Enns is doing the same thing in Fargo. You guys brought Tommy Malott onto the roster. Did you have any idea that he'd be doing this for you? Any any idea at all? I know he played some Wildcat for you, but did you have any idea he'd be playing in this big of a moment and being this big of a part of the offense for you in, in his first year? Well, I, I think we felt like there was a good chance. I don't think we would have made the move if we didn't at that time. Um, you know, what what he had shown um, certainly in games was his ability to run the football and, and be a real real effective weapon there. Um, but I think what he'd shown behind the scenes was a continued improvement um, throwing the football. And, you know, a real understanding of what we were trying to do. You know, and, and I think going back to – the banked reps that he had in spring and fall, it wasn't, you know, he was the four string guy, but it wasn't like he was just standing over the, all, all the time. He was getting a chance to get out there and learn. And, and I think he's the type of kid that, um, you know, whether he knew his number would get called or not, I think he was continually preparing for his number to get called. And, and we had that extra week. We had that bye week to kind of settle him in a little bit. Um, thought he looked really good in a couple practices we had right before Thanksgiving and, you know, had to work through them through some things at the beginning of that UT Martin game, but, um, you know, he's played well, but we had other guys that he can really lean on as well, in particular in the passing game. And I think that's what's, uh, what's allowed him to have the success um, beyond just his ability. Can you even begin to describe to people here what this young man has done in a three week period, how it's, you know, not that your team needed any sort of reinvigoration at all, but, a guy from Butte, Montana, which is a big time. I know Bobcat Town, and uh, certainly, I think you told a story once about 
you went up there to speak, and they're like, "How you know? How's Tommy four string right now? They're getting after you before the season even started." But but the, just the meaning behind it for an 18, 19 year old young man from a, from a community just down the road from Bozeman having this kind of success and what it means around your fan base and around your program. Well, it's hard to quantify. Um, you know, I think beyond who Tommy is as a player, he's such an uh, outstanding individual. He's a very intelligent, uh, awesome student. Um, you know, was the type of kid that would give his shirt off the, his back. You know, uh, I know he got mobbed, and he had to cover basically the length of our whole field to get to the locker room after that game. I'm sure he stopped and shook everyone's hand, took a picture with anyone he could, signed autographs. I mean, that's just who he is. So I think what Butte knew um, through his years in high school, you know, our state now knows and our fans, you know, in every corner of the state know. And, and I, I do think, you know, when you have, a, you know, your stars, um, you know, Troy Anderson and Tommy certainly emerging, you know, from, you know, towns in Montana, I think it does make it that much more special for, you know, for all the, the fans across the state, for all the young kids across the state, you know, when they can look up and say, hey, I keep working hard, um, maybe I could be the next Troy Anderson or, you know, Tommy Mallott, I think that's pretty dang special. You just mentioned the guy I wanted to ask about next, your quarterback of your defense, Troy Anderson. We've seen him the last couple of go-arounds, Coach, <clears throat> pardon me, and he's been – Obviously a great linebacker, but a really good, even offensive player. He's been doing everything for this team. What, how, how special is he, and can you relate him to any linebacker in your time here at NDSU for our fans? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, you know, making him maybe relative to some of those guys, um, hard to say. I know we had, uh, at, while we were at Wyoming, um, we had Logan Wilson, who was drafted, you know, the first pick of the third round, a kid out of Casper. I think that's the guy I would relate him to. As far as guys I've been around, just just his just his size, um, his athleticism. Um, you know, I've never really been around someone that has displayed his versatility through his college career. I, I think what he's done in his time here, from playing running back to playing quarterback to playing outside linebacker, doing two of those things uh, at the same time for really two years, and now playing inside for us. Um, you know, it's been something, and and he's beyond just being so talented, you know, he's a, he's the type of guy that uh, he wants to know what he's doing. He wants to improve. He's just, he's so, so dedicated. And, you know, sometimes you don't get that mix of all that talent with that sheer determination. And it's, it's, it's all that in Troy. And, and the neat thing about it, he's just continued to get better this year. You know, the, the pictures have become, become clear. His reads have been, you know, happened faster. Um, and then he's, you know, he's our, he's our leader. He's our, our alpha, certainly on our defense, but I would say on our team as well. And, and, and I think that comes from just who he is as a person, how hard he works, um, more so than just, you know, his sheer talent. Talking with Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan via the I Bailey hotline, uh, you, you look at NDSU and what Matt Entz and his staff have done and, and the team they put together here this season, Coach, is it give me the similarities of the NDSU football you've been around and you know, and maybe some of their own unique wrinkles that they've added as a personality of this staff to this, uh, this version of the Bison this season? Well, I, I think first off, the, the blend of, of how offense is played and how defense is played and how it complements each other along with special teams, you know, I think that's, that's the foundation of how 
you know, uh, Coach Bull and our staff kind of got things going uh, at the beginning of the decade. And I, I think on top of that, um, the, the depth is so incredible. Now, how it's maybe looked relative, say, on, on offense, who the stars are, I think that's changed. I, I think, uh, you know, certainly in years past, uh, probably had to and, and could lean on quarterback play a, a little bit more. Um, you know, you think about, Rolling Trey and Easton and, and Carson through there since I've been gone, um, that's that's a uh, quite a trio. And and that's not to take any anything away from their current quarterbacks, but you know, um, has there been a receiver quite like Christian Watson? I, I probably not. You know, so you can really lean on a receiver in a different way. I, you know, Hunter Lupke is such a unique guy. I, you know, we were there at the, the beginning of Chase Morlock, and I know Chase, you know, took on this multifaceted role and Hunter's probably taken that to another level. I think defensively, um, you know, you look at the number of guys that play and I, I, I found myself over and over again through these two weeks having to check numbers because there's so many guys playing guys that aren't necessarily even on the depth chart. And, and you know, that's, that's a testament to, uh, you know, the method, the, the method of practicing the way we started, going back to 2010 um it's a testament to coach kramer and you know the consistency that he's really brought for almost two decades now you know and and how you know one team flips the fade page to the next team um the new guys learn from the old guys and it's been so cyclical and you know has been able to withstand a couple coaching changes and just continue to get uh get better and better you know so it's um yeah, I'm uh, acutely aware of how how this began and how it's continued to to roll on. And while you know these guys are all essentially guys that came to the came to the program after we left, it's there's a lot of similarities for sure. Is there a uh, a place or a, a restaurant you have to visit? A superstition in Frisco that uh, you did your first uh, three years in eleven, twelve, and thirteen. That you'll do again? Is there? A, I can't go-to? say that I ate out, ate outside the hotel. So well, there you I go. Know we're staying at the Westin, and we were at the Westin the last couple times down there. Um, no, I, I I'm not very superstitious, I guess. So <laughs> I, I can't I can't recall what I ate, but I know it was in, it was in the hotel. So just look forward to it. I think you know this opportunity for our our players, for our fans. Um, you know, I, I think they'll. They'll enjoy it so much. Uh, Frisco obviously does such a tremendous job um, in putting on the game, putting on this experience. Um, it's such a unique, you know, spot in America where they've just uh, they've attached themselves to this game and and, and made it, um, you know, what it's become. You know, we played in the second one. I think ten was the first one, and you know they were still probably figuring some things out then. But you know, for them to continue to host this event at such a high level. I mean, that's kind of what I look forward to, um, you know, just getting down there and, you know, experiencing. I know it's a little bit different with, with COVID right now. There's some of the events have been eliminated, but, you know, it's still about the hospitality that you receive and then obviously playing the game is the most important thing on Saturday. Coach, obviously when you go to a new place and you're a first-year head coach, I don't know if you, you quite know exactly what the expectations are going to be, but how did you see the groundwork for this team built back in the spring when everyone else was playing, you guys didn't really have obviously a a season last year or in the spring, I should say in that last season, how did you see the groundwork for this team laid in that year? Well, you know, 
came in and, and felt like, hey, we had, we had talent. Um, there was no denying that. Whether that was looking back at film from 19, um, seeing the guys, you know, just move around and, and work out in February. Um, and then, then being really deliberate about our spring ball process as far as how we went about it. And that was, you know, it was intentional. I know um, the decision to not play in the Big Sky Conference season was already made by the time I got the job, but it was still kind of held out where we could play, you know, a couple teams um, or a couple games, much like the University of Montana did. And I just felt like for us to have a real deliberate spring ball so we could learn about our guys, they could learn new schemes, um, learn about us as coaches was going to be so important. So I think as we we went through, I saw such a transformation of us defensively, you know, just understanding our new scheme, understanding principles. Um, and a lot of that credit goes to, you know, Freddie and our defensive staff, but just holding a, you know, holding them to a maybe a higher standard than they've been held before. And then I know what then occurred is I think by the time we got done with spring, I think our guys had a, a much better understanding of, of what we were looking for, how we were, how we were going to, transform this program to take it, you know, to have the potential, I guess, to take it another step. And, you know, our strength staff um, laid out a really good plan for the summer. And, and it's one thing to lay out a plan, but it's, it's, it's another for those guys to work. And, you know, they, our guys worked like crazy um, in June and July. And, you know, I thought came back a different team August one than we were, you know, at the end of April. And that was, that was the goal. And, you know, through the fall, I think we've we've just we've continued to get better. Our our depth is is much better than I think than it had been before. Um, I think our strength level, our conditioning was much level, much better than it had been before. So you, you you take talent and you add a few elements to it, um, and then you add that belief system that I think has continued to grow throughout the fall. I think that's that's what's put us in this position. Um, and, and you know, here we are, um, you know, reaching that final game where everybody wants to get to, and, and now we have to make the best of this opportunity. Hey, Coach, a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time, and we look forward to seeing you guys uh, down in Frisco next weekend. Safe travels. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for the time. All right, our conversation with Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan uh, right there, and uh, again, uh, a dose of irony. If it's going to be Montana State beating NDSU in the national championship game, it's going to be an NDSU guy that has to be better than NDSU in this setting in Frisco, Texas. Hey, we're nearing the NFL playoffs and college football will crown a national champion next week. And our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook have an incredible offer for those who want to get in on the action. Now, first-time users can make a $5 money line bet on any pro or college football team. And if that team wins, you win an automatic $200 in free bets via our partners at DraftKings. That's right. One $5 money line bet. And if it hits, you win $200 in free cash. Here is how it works. Click on the link in the show description. Sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook and make your first deposit. Make a $5 money line bet on any team. And if your team scores one point, you get an automatic $200 thanks to our friends at DraftKings. It's the best offer going in sports betting, so act now. 
If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Or call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889. 9789 21 and older 18 and older in Wyoming Arizona Colorado Illinois Indiana Iowa Michigan New Jersey Pennsylvania Tennessee Virginia West Virginia Wyoming only minimum $5 deposit minimum $5 wager eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for full terms and conditions All right, let's go to the NDSU side right now. And David Braun, the NDSU defensive coordinator, what a job he has done with this group. What a job this defense has done all season long. Historically great. And that's saying something with this NDSU defense. They have the task of shutting down this Montana State offense led by whiz kid Tommy Mallott. Here's my conversation with David Braun earlier on in the holiday season. Coach, it is always a pleasure. Happy holidays. Hope your Christmas went well. How are you doing today? Doing well, you know this. This is a fun time of year. Fun time of year, and got got a chance to have a few days back in Wisconsin, seeing my mom and dad, seeing the family, which was, which was great. So, how, how was your guys' holiday? It was good. Um, I uh, uh, was thinking about going to a Vikings game last weekend, but uh, beat the blizzard back, thankfully, and uh, missed out on another loss. So, um, didn't didn't you know that didn't uh, hurt too bad overall, I guess. So it was good. It was good. Your Bears, coach, they they need maybe a little bit of a, a shakeup, like my Vikings do at the end of the season. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Coach Olson and I wear it every single week. I mean, we're surrounded <laughs> by these Packer fans, and being a Bears fan and a Vikings fan these days is is tough sled. Let me tell you. So it's not easy, not easy living at all. No. It's also not easy going against your defense. Look at Segway right there, professional radio. Look at that. Uh, your defense, your your guys. What's the the vibe you're getting with them as you go through this three week uh, winter camp? You know, our guys, our guys are excited. Uh, you know, I, I think winter camp provides a lot of opportunities, opportunities for, for older guys to, to get ready to go play, you know, in a game that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, you know, we've been fortunate around here to have guys on the roster that have had multiple opportunities at this game. But, shoot, I mean, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to play in a national championship game against a great opponent. And and you got a bunch of young guys around the program that, you know, see winter camp as essentially, a you know, a, an extra spring ball. You know, an opportunity for some young guy development, get back to the basics, you know, uh, get get to compete a little bit with some of the other young guys and some young guy periods. It's a fun time to be a part of this program, fun fun time to be coaching this group. And, uh, you know, Montana State definitely has our guys' attention. What they've been able to do on offense, you know, this season, uh, it's, it's, it's a familiar uh, story. You know, they're, they're going to run the football. They're, they're good at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they got a versatile quarterback that stresses in a lot of different ways, and since he's become their full-time starter, uh, the, the young man's electric. So uh, we, we got our hands full, no doubt. Yeah, let's go right to it. Let's talk about this guy, Tommy Malott, who is a second-year freshman and has emerged on the scene. And I don't think that was, you know, I don't think Montana State needed a a revitalization. Their offense probably needed a little juice after the way they finished the year, losing to Montana, twenty-nine to ten. He's been that spark plug in a big time way. Why is this guy so good when you watch him? You know, I, uh, he knows who he is. 
You know, he doesn't he doesn't try and be anyone other than himself. He's he's comp- he's a competitor. He's got moxie, a lot of confidence. Uh, they, they they structure the run game, you know, and, and utilize him in it a ton, which he's obviously very good at. His straight line speed is as good as we've seen. Uh, can run away from people. Uh, is gonna is gonna run through arm tackles. Uh, you can clearly tell that he's been well coached and he understands, you know, the timing of all the quarterback run game. Understands where it's supposed to hit. And then you know he's he's not some wildcat quarterback. You know, I mean he's he's he throws the ball well, and and they've done a really nice job of structuring, you know, some formations on in certain situations that have given him some some good pictures to throw into, and and he's he's executing those throws. I mean, you go back and watch the Sam Houston game, uh, shoot the the amount of explosive pass plays that show up where he's uh, putting it where only his wide receiver can make a play on the ball is really impressive. So the 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 balance between the quarterback run game and some of the their ability now with him at the quarterback position to be explosive in the pass game is making him a handful for sure. I was going to mention that because we, we talk about him and his ability to run and that running style and Isaiah Afonso, if he's healthy, is a, a maybe top five, but for sure top ten running back in the entire country and he's a talented player at the running back position. But against SDSU, the thing that stood out to me, Coach, was their receivers were winning one-on-one matchups on the outside against the corners for SDSU, and we know those corners are are pretty good for the Jackrabbits. So the, the receivers are a little bit bigger. They, they seem like they're able to win a lot of those one-on-one matchups, and that's something I don't know if we, we've talked about quite about uh, quite enough about yet. They're, they're so dynamic and so diverse in their run game. I think it's really easy to, to fall into this, this trap, you know, as a coach, as a player, you know, anyone evaluating to – Hey, got to stop the run, got to stop the run, got to stop the run. And all of a sudden, their wide receivers become, you know, an afterthought. And you can't do that with these guys. You can't. Uh, they're, they're too explosive on the perimeter. They're too good with the ball in the air. They're, they're, you know, uh, a couple really big bodies out at the number ones and a slot receiver that can do some things as well that, that you know, electric with, uh, with uh, you know, in the vertical passing game and does a good job, you know, uh, working the slot. But uh, what's shown up in, in their most recent games, you can tell there's a lot of, of confidence between the receivers and the quarterback play. Um, the explosive plays that are showing up against Sam Houston and South Dakota State that are uh, really good groups uh, in, in the back half, uh, very talented DBs, speaks to the talent in that wide receiver room at Montana State. It's been uh, nothing short of really impressive. Talking with David Braun, NDSU defensive coordinator, as the Bison Preparing for Montana State, getting ready. It's next Saturday. It'll be here before we know it, uh, just nine days away. FCS National Championship game at Toyota Stadium down in Frisco, Texas. Let's talk about some of your guys here for a second. And, you know, Braden Thomas, I remember, Coach, before the season started, one of our big talking points was, you know, who's going to emerge and be that guy, you know, be that go-to guy that is the edge rusher and disruptor for this defense, and obviously Braden has turned himself into that. Uh, how much fun has it been for you to follow, uh, coach him up, watch him, and see how he's continued to get better on a week-in and week-out basis, causing all sorts of problems for opposing offenses? It's been it's been awesome, and a credit to, you know just his uh, workman like attitude, you know, the way that he gets up here to watch extra film, uh, watching extra cutups, taking extra time, you know, pre-practice, post-practice, honing his craft as a pass rusher. He'd be the first one to tell you that he showed up as a, 
you know, really disruptive physical defensive end that could play the run game well and, you know, uh, could be disruptive in, in, in collapsing the pocket and passing game. And he's really turned himself into a dynamic pass rusher that, you know, understands his skill set, knows his strength, knows how to play off that strength and, and plays that cat and mouse game with offensive tackles. Um, and most importantly, just his demeanor of play uh, and, and his motor are what make him special. Um, my goodness, you know, you, you talk about what you look for in a, in a Bison defensive end, and, you know, all you got to do is throw on the film of Brain Thomas and point to it. Uh, pretty darn good example of it. Talk a lot about the offensive side with three weeks to prepare, that they're going to come up with all sorts of trick plays, and you might see different wrinkles with a, with a given offense. On the defensive side, how do you go about trying to prepare for some of that, knowing that you can't really prepare for what maybe you haven't seen on film? Yeah, you know that's it's, that's that's a great question. I think it's something, Andy, that we're we're combating every day. You know, as we go through this process of of making sure that we're doing a good job of um, understanding how how good this opponent is, how well coached this opponent is. Uh, we can't just you know roll out there and think that you know we can just play base defense all day long and, and go in a football game. We have to find ways to stress these guys, just like they're going to find ways to stress us, but. Um, you can really fall into a trap when you have this much time for preparation of overthinking things, of starting to create things that are maybe outside your framework as a defense and outside your, your player's comfort zone. And, and the last thing you want to do is go down to Frisco and, 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 and be, be processing and playing slow. You know? and, and I think that's the balance and the edge that our, our defensive staff is working towards. And I think so far we've done a nice job of that, but we got to continue to check in with our players. Guys, how, how do you feel on the game plan? You know, are we playing fast right now? And as long as we're putting our guys in situations to be sound with numbers in the run game, do a good job of mixing the pictures up on this quarterback, and our guys can go play fast, um, we, you know, we'll give ourselves a give give ourselves a good chance. I think it'd be remiss if uh, we didn't ask you, based off the news earlier today, what uh, Buddha Williams has meant to you guys on the defensive side. As he has that opportunity to move on to, to Colorado State. You know, I, I when I when I got the news from Buddha, um, it would talk about a you know mixed bag of emotions. Uh, first emotion was absolutely thrilled for him, Veronica and his family. Um, they are special people that that are are loved by by the Braun family and, and this entire staff and this entire locker room. Um, and, and the second emotion was, um, you know, a, a disappointment that you know uh, moving forward, not going to have the opportunity to continue to work alongside him uh, you know he, he's he's a great coach and even better person awesome family but someone that just uh, pours into his players coaches for the right reasons um and, and someone that you'd point to and say that's that's the type of man that i want to work alongside day in and day out and you know i think it speaks to coach Entz and this staff you know this, this this office is full of those types of guys and uh feel very fortunate to work with this group um, you know, Buddha will be missed, but, you know, like we talk about in this program, it's, it's always next man up. And, you know, the next guy that fills those shoes will come in and, and work his tail off and, and he's going to be hired by coach. And so he's going to be that type of guy. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off and keep pushing this program forward. But, uh, to Buddha's credit, he's put left a legacy at this place and someone that, uh, you know, will be a dear friend of ours for, uh, forever. Amen to that. Couldn't have said it much better there, Coach. We always appreciate your time and uh, look forward to uh, checking in again here very, very soon. Best of luck uh, this week, next week, and we'll see you down in Frisco. Thanks, fellas. Looking forward to it. All right, there you go. David Braun, NDSU defensive coordinator in his third season after a spring campaign where 
everything was a little bit off, right? And that included this NDSU football team and, and the defense not playing to what we normally see it. Boy, did they play with a chip on their shoulder all year. We'll continue to do so in this national championship game on January the 8th. Also, Matt Entz was asked during the FCS National Championship press conference prior to the new year about this Montana State group offensively. Who do they compare to? Here is the head coach of the herd, Matt Entz. On third down, they incorporate a lot of that quarterback run game, so they they try to vanilla you a little bit defensively, and and so it's going to be a little bit of a cat and mouse game, and, and uh, you know there's going to it's going to be a, a chess match at different times, making sure we can get things matched up to what they do, but. Um, they're probably uh, similar to uh, some of the teams in our league right now. Uh, you know, a, a Northern Iowa a couple years ago, heavy run game. Um, but I don't know if I'd say anyone that we necessarily played. They're, they're a really good football team, very talented. All right, a little bit there from the head football coach of the Bison, Matt Entz, who has done an unbelievable job here at NDSU in year number three, looking to bring national championship number nine in the last 11 seasons back home to Fargo. And how about NDSU offensive coordinator Tyler Roll, a great player here at North Dakota State in his own right, a West Fargo, North Dakota native. Talked with him about what he sees in this matchup and what he makes of this Montana State group overall. You kind of get a few days for Christmas, and now you're back in it, right? You, you got uh, the guys back practicing in a winter camp uh, upon us. How would you describe to people uh, what, what it's like now this week trying to game plan and get ready as much as possible with uh, game week coming up right around the corner? Yeah, no, I I appreciate you guys always having me on. It's great to be on with you. I appreciate everything you guys do. You know, this week it's just a little bit more ramped up. Um, you know, last week we were we were fortunate to put in some good work. You know, we had three solid days of work with game planning, with implementing game plan. Um, you know, start introducing the schemes, the looks, you know, everything. Now just a little bit more attention to detail, just a little bit level, um, more higher focus. Um, you know, it's just everything's a little bit more ramped up. You see that look in our guys' eyes, the the edge that they're coming to practice with, the walkthroughs, the meetings. It's just everyone's um, getting amped up, getting ready, knowing that we still have some time, um, but you can't waste any time and you can't stop time. And before you know it, we'll be kicking off in Frisco. What's the biggest difference, Coach, with a, a three-week plan, preparation, and you got a holiday sprinkled in there as well, as you get ready for this game following the semifinals compared to just the normal traditional one week of prep getting ready is is there more anxiety about you know making sure you get everything <laughs> in you know tension you, you chuckle when i say that i mean what how what would you say to people about 3 weeks of prep compared to just getting after it over 4 or 5 days for a game yeah especially from my standpoint um, you don't want to have paralysis by analysis uh, you could go through and you could watch, and I mean we do. It just you could watch every single play of every game, um, and you know, look. Well, what about this? What about this? What if this? What if that? You know, during a, a regular week, you don't have the luxury to go through every single game. You know, in the later part of the season, early part of the season, you do. But in the later part of the season, like for JMU, you're looking at, you know, their last four to five, maybe six games, mm-hmm. and putting your plan uh, according to, you know, those couple games in, in, in the film you watch. And for now, I mean, you just have so much time on your hands. You can 
you can go through and, you know, really stress yourself out with, well, what if this, well, they did this against Drake or they did this against Northern Colorado. And I mean, you could really stress yourself out. So you don't want to have paralysis by analysis. You want to go through and really um, do your due diligence and be attention to detail in um, this, the, the film that you watch, you trust your gut, you know, have a really good understanding of what their core beliefs are from, you know, a schematic personnel um, standpoint and put your best foot forward and your plan in place. I mean, you could be as crazy as you want and put, you know, Quincy here and Cam there and Hunter here and Phoenix there, and you could drop a million different schemes and plays and concepts. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to execution and execution and in those, you know, big time situation, because the margin of error in these types of games are so small and you got to have the level of execution and attention to detail on what it's going to take to win a national championship. To that end coach, how, how many new plays? Any, have you about like <laughs> 10 new plays over the last couple of days or what? Oh, you know, you got to go back through and you go through Twitter and you see all these fancy plays and drop this and drop that. And how is it? Oh, there's a couple different things in there. Um, you know, from our standpoint, you know, have really tried to simplify what we've done over the last, I don't know, two months. And I think it's been really good for us. Um, so don't want to get too much outside of the realm of what has gotten us to this point either. So there's a couple different angles. We, we've always, we've always had a couple things here and there that we've repped through the season two that we haven't called, just saving it for the right opportunity. As uh, Jeff was asking you as well, you know, it's one thing to prepare for another team, but also is there any paralysis by analysis of your own team? I know you guys do a lot of self scout and you, you look at stuff. Do you get caught maybe looking at too much stuff of your own team during this break? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I think you truly, you you emphasize what you're really good at. And when you can go through and do that, and maybe maybe you have some real strong tendencies, uh, one side or the other, that you think will really benefit you, um, that is maybe simple for us, yet hard for them. Maybe it's something out of just a certain personnel grouping or a certain formation uh, that we can tip uh, the tendency one way or the other. And we're just so heavy, maybe 95% doing one thing out of something while we can come back and just easily do something. Maybe it's um, something out of 11 personnel where we're more maybe heavy to throw the ball and you're doing something else out of it or 22 personnel where you're maybe more heavy run to come out and throw. I mean, there's just, there's different things that you can look at that yet yeah, keep it simple for us. Cause the last thing I want our guys to do is to go out there and, and think a bunch of football. We want to go out there and play football and put our best foot forward. Talking with Tyler roll via the Ide Bailey hotline. Uh, did you give Quincy a hard time about uh, drawing up the throwback to him for a touchdown that he just, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, uh, that, that one was pretty good coach. That was a good one. Uh, I thought, uh, it was, a little early. I'm going to save save a little bit of the, the joking with him here, and probably until maybe the ninth or tenth of there you January. Go. There you uh, go. Keep keep his confidence high. He's doing a good job, and put it. You know, we had that one saved. We had that one saved for a couple of weeks and brought it out. Uh, was hoping for six next time. Maybe we, maybe we got another something like there that drawn up. How how much fun has that been for you and the staff with with that? with the options you have there. I mean, 
looking back at the last eight games, did that yesterday on the show. I mean, Cam Miller's efficiency has been as good, if not better, than any of the great quarterbacks here over the last decade. And then to have the athleticism of a guy, you know, like a Quincy Patterson the second at your disposal, you know, what has that been like being able to throw and have those those wrinkles in there for your offense to be even more creative? Yeah, a lot of fun. You know, you can really rely on our top, I don't know, four or five schemes within quick game, four or five schemes within play action, six, seven drop back, and then your eight to 10 run schemes and really emphasize and put the right pieces in the puzzle uh, where you need to. It may not always be the prettiest to the outsider and how we're doing things or or what we're doing, but when you're throwing at the the efficiency and what we're doing, it's been unbelievable. Cam's playing at a really high level. Our, Our receivers are creating separation of man and catching the ball. Um, tight ends, fullbacks are, are making big plays in in the pass game. And then you look from a run game standpoint, in my opinion, the top rushing team in the nation. Um, and our guys are playing with an edge. We're physical. We're, we're being masters at moving the line of scrimmage. Technique is, has drastically improved. I think our guys are uh, truly working um, towards and with the championship mindset. Um, so it, it's been a lot of fun. And you can be as creative as you want as long as the kids are just going out there and playing football level of importance as you've dove into the film of getting a a helmet on troy anderson yeah he's a good player i think uh you look at just his natural um just athleticism ability nose for the football um him and i think their dn 44 are really good players and, you know, how can you find ways formationally, um, you know, whether to isolate him, um, find the best angles to block him, um, create good pictures for your offense? Because those are two really good players, in my opinion. I think um, they play fast and they play with a, you know, great amount of effort. It's probably been too long, about nine minutes here. We haven't asked you about Hunter Lipke yet and how you've been able to utilize him. Got him going on the wheel route. He had a great game versus James Madison, obviously, all the way around, catching it, running it. We, you, you, of all people, have known his potential. It seems like he's even bursting through that ceiling right now, Coach, at the right time. Um, how good is Hunter Lipke playing right now as you watch him? He's playing at a really high level. He's a really, really good football player. And, I mean, we could, at the end of the day, you probably could have been doing all of this through the entire season. Um, but you also have really good other, other really good players in that room that you can utilize and, and, and continue to use. I mean, Tameric, uh, Kobe are both playing at a high level. But when it comes down to, you know, the hard, running, you know, that we needed at the end of the game and uh, the level of execution within the pass game and just all of the things that we have put on his plate and he does not flinch for one second mentally to understand it because he's an extremely intelligent young man. Uh, he's playing at a really high level. Uh, excited for, you know, him for the rest of, you know, this season, this game and his future um, because he does so much and he can do so much because, of his overall ability, physical ability, but it's his mental capacity and intelligence that really sets him apart um, because he's bright and just 
and our vision for him and continuing continuing to find ways to utilize him um, in different sets, formations, uh, assignments. Uh, it's we can do it with ease just because he is he is that smart and understands what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it offensively. And Bison offensive coordinator Tyler Roll with us on the Ide Bailey Hotline. Dominic Nell has been gone for a while. I know there's speculation we, we could see him back for the championship game. Obviously, we don't know that stuff yet. But how have you seen him try to continue to get better in other areas while he's been injured here over the last couple of months? Yeah, he's he's one who's a always in the in the training room and um, working to get back to to help the team. But just from a mental standpoint, everything that I hit on with uh, Hunter, things that we were doing with Dom and Dom can do, you know, he's always over there with, you know, our script of plays that we're, you know, repping through practice. And he's, you know, almost going through it just in his mind and seeing the pictures and putting himself in that spot. And, you know, whether it's what the tailback's doing in this set or maybe what the, you know, F or wing or H back is doing in this set and trying to, you know, make sure that he has an understanding of, of what he's doing with each play and, you know, still understanding defenses because from a running back standpoint, you have to learn and understand defenses at an extremely high level just for pass protection. And where do the pieces of the puzzle fit from a week to week and how you have to understand where a potential blitz may be coming from and where your piece of the puzzle fits in, um, you know, within that game plan from a week to week basis. We talked to, to Brent Vegan about a half, 45 minutes ago uh, on the program, and obviously there's going to have uh, be a little bit of an NDSU feel to sort of what they do, how they play with Coach's experience here uh, in his time uh, in Fargo. Does their defense have an NDSU feel to it when you watch it on film? And, and if not, uh, how would you compare it to others you've seen so far this season? Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, you know, just from even technique and how they coach us. Freddie, I'm a big fan of Freddie. I think he's doing a really good job there. Um, Coach Banks, their mm-hmm. DC. And, you know, Freddie came in, uh, I think he came in when I was a senior and have stayed in touch with him. And, you know, he's, he was coaching down in Texas and he meet up with him after the national championship game. I think he was right by our locker room. Wow. Here and, um, have always been you know, stayed in real good contact with him. I think extremely highly of him, his football intelligence, his football IQ. I think he's doing a really nice job. And, you know, really hats off to Coach Vegan. I was with Coach Vegan for a long time. You know, all my years as a player, yeah. uh, GA'd under him when I coached the tailbacks in 2011 for our first national championship. And just hats off to him and what he's done over there at Montana State and think he's doing an unbelievable job. But there will definitely be you know, a, a kind of a clash of two similar schemes and how you want to attack people, the recipe for success, um, probably in all three phases. Um, so, no, it'll be it'll be a, a really fun football game just for people who, you know, like downhill, physical, um, you know, opportunistic football teams. Hey, Coach, appreciate you. Thanks so much for the time and uh, looking forward to next weekend. Thank you for coming back on. 
Can't wait. Appreciate you guys. All right, that's going to do it for us. Can't wait. Saturday, January the 8th, 11 a.m. Central Time kick, Toyota Stadium, Frisco, Texas. The FCS National Championship game is on the line. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to get back down there as well. And can't wait to see everyone. Expecting a sold-out crowd of crazy Bison and Bobcat fans. Standing room only at a place, a community in Frisco that has embraced this game and it has turned it into an elite-level contest and atmosphere in all of college sports. Hey, thanks for listening all season. We'll have one more with reaction from the national championship game. You know what to do. Subscribe, like, comment. We appreciate you listening all year and giving some feedback and have a happy holiday. Happy New Year. You've been locked into the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane. Enjoy the national championship weekend, everybody down in Frisco. Hope to see you down there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.